T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. One a little. Uh, this is a, a thought I had when I was a kid listening to the Beatles. And I never heard Paul McCartney say this before, but I like it. I like that Paul said that Paul must, he looked like a baby. He must have been 22 when he said this, Paul McCartney. But listen to what he had to say. I, I think this is great. I was frightened of classical music. He was frightened of classical music, he says at the beginning. I was frightened of classical music, and I never wanted to listen to it because it was Beethoven and Tchaikovsky and sort of big words like that, Schoenberg. You know, now I always thought... I mean, sort of like a taxi driver the other day said, had some sheet music of a Mozart thing. And I said, what's that, you know? And he said, oh, <laughs> I said, oh that's the eyeglass stuff. You won't like that. And I said, well, what is it, you know? He said, oh, no, you won't like it. And... Uh, that kind of way, I always used to think of it. I used to think, well, you know, that is, that's very clever, all that stuff. So he's talking about classical music. It's too fancy for him. The, the, the taxi driver was telling him. This must have been when the Beatles just were becoming big. And the taxi driver was saying, oh, you wouldn't like this. It's classical. It's fancy stuff. But listen to what he says. And it isn't, you know, it's just exactly what's going on in pop at the moment. Pop music is the classical music of now. Classical music isn't fancy. It isn't scary. It's just music. It's pop music. And I've always thought this. Ever since I heard, well, of course, there's da-da-da-da. Like the most revered piece of music in history. What is that? Three notes. And and uh, the bolero. You know, it's the what we listen to today is, is the greatest hits of classical when we listen to classical music. Anyway, I like that from Paul McCartney. And it isn't. You know, it's just exactly what's going on in pop at the moment. Pop music is the classical music of now. So take that, Mark Christopher, and the BPS Lawyers Traffic Center. That's what's going on with music today. Come on, man. Man. Come on, man. Are you a classical guy? A classical music guy? Yeah. Mm, I appreciate it. I mean, it's it's amazing stuff. It's not something I would choose to listen to. It is the classical music of now. It's exactly what's going on in pop music today. You know the problem with classical music? You have the really high highs and the low lows. So half the time you can't hear it, then the other half of the time you got to turn it down because it's too loud. Oh, the levels. Yeah, that's The true. levels are all over the place. Opera so. is even worse. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because you're sitting there, and then you can't hear it, so you turn it up, and then yeah. it's like, whoa. Next thing you know, the neighbors are running down the street <laughs> <Yeah>. screaming. <laughs> turn that down. It's the Todd Feinberg Show, live from the NJ Diet Studios on WTIC News Talk 1080.
WTIC. That was Paul on Classical. I had one other Paul clip because he got into, uh, he got a little political. Sort of. There's no desire in any of our heads. He was talking about power. And you know, really what we are discussing here as we examine Connecticut politics and look at the DV, well, national politics too. We're, we're studying power and how it works and, and how power operates in the country is going through big changes. So this is Paul talking about the power because, again, when they were young and they were just hitting it big, they realized they had enormous power. There's no desire in any of our heads to sort of take over the world, you know. That was Hitler. That's what he wanted to do. There is, however, a desire to get power in order to use it for good. If you've got power, you've got to use it for the good. I was frightened of classical music. So, so that's how he looked at power. But he was in a situation. I just think it's interesting that he was talking about power being successful as being powerful. He realized that people would do amazing things in support of the Beatles. And when you look at Ned doing the lying, that we, we played the cut of him lying about, I mean, it's just, it's just a very strange, I'm sorry, not Ned, the, uh, the president, about the president lying about passing something that isn't even legislation. And I look at it and I say, that's what they do because they know, they know that people will accept it because they've said it. Therefore, they say it. And they keep repeating it because they benefit from, from the false understanding. And, and that, to me, is the most horrible breach of their responsibilities to us. But they do it anyway. 860-522-9842. Dave in Branford. Hello there, Dave. Yeah, Thomas. No, Todd. I did that on, I did that on purpose. Oh, okay. Good, I do thank believe you. you mentioned it's one and the same because the, uh, you know, it virtually the is, yes. Virtually the same. If I could wave the magic wand, it yep. would be to come up with a way that all three levels of government, federal, state, and local, cannot spend more money than they take in as taxes. Many, many different people have tried it with balanced budget amendments and budget caps and pay-as-you-go, uh, requiring uh, actuarially accurate accounting standards. And it's kind of like trying to shackle uh, Jello. You just can't come up with a legal way to hold them down. And I, I wish there was a way, uh, because to me, money is power. And if they have unlimited money, they have unlimited power. And no matter what we do, it, like the pension requirement, they throw spending off into the future. And it's just hard to capture. And I feel like the taxpayers, uh, at some point, they rebel when you take too much taxes. And so as long as you take the money out of the taxpayer's pocket every year, mm -hmm. there comes a point where they rebel and say, no, nah, no, nah, that's it. That's it. But well, the, the, trouble, it the trouble is, though, the rebellion takes the form of departure, I think, or giving up or finding ways to scam the system or to scheme around the system, you know, to hack it in some way. But, but I don't, I feel that with the creeping, you know how everybody likes to use that frog metaphor with the warming water, that the water of higher taxation warms gradually enough, and, and politicians have a sixth sense about this when they might get themselves in trouble. The key to everything, the only way to solve the problem that you're identifying of how do you make sure they don't spend more than there is, 
is for us to be angry at them. But what they found out is we're not angry at them. We require it of them. And this is how they win elections now is by buying votes using our money. How do we fix that if we're not willing to fix it? Uh, Todd, I have a better analogy for you. It's from an old Jewish fellow. I call it the slice of salami analogy. All right, ye. It's, yeah. It's only, it's only one more slice of salami, and pretty soon you've got the whole chunk. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, thanks a lot. <laughs> Bye. Thank you, Dave. Pretty soon you've got a whole sandwich. 860-522-9842. So the, isn't that where we are? And where are we if that's where we are? If they are lying to us because they realize that's what works best, it's better for them than telling us the truth. If that's how they look at it, where are we? What, what's left to us if lying is their best bet? Boy, oh boy, I think that's a tough situation for us. I don't know what we're going to do. I don't. I'm eager to find a way, but I don't know what we do. But we have to do something. We have to do something. I, I'm talking about Joe Biden saying this. Secondly, if you don't have one of those loans, you just get 10000 written off. It's passed. I got it passed by a vote or two. This is, this is Joe Biden describing how he got the student loan thing passed. Now, a reminder, the student loan, his student loan plan is not passed. It was not passed. It was not offered to Congress for consideration. He just did an executive order. Now, executive orders are kind of gray area, and it requires litigation, and, and uh, who's got the political pressure points on in their favor at a particular moment. So he's trying to spend... He's trying to spend $400 billion this year to buy votes from people with college debt. And he describes it by lying about it and saying he, got, he, won, he won the vote. I've just signed a law that's being challenged by my Republican colleagues. He signed a law and he's campaigning against those evil Republicans who fought the law, but he never proposed the law. There never was a vote. It never was passed. This is what they do now. I've just signed a law that's being challenged by my Republican colleagues, the same people who got PPP loans during the, for up to close, to, in some cases, up to five, $600,000. They have no problem with that. The individuals in Congress got those. Now, this is scummy, too. This little aside he's doing. Members of Congress got PPP money, and they didn't complain about that. So why do they mind... Why do they mind if I want to buy votes here if they were willing to take the, the vote-buying money? We are melting down as a society. We are no longer going to exist, I don't believe. I don't know how it goes, though. I don't know when it goes. I was talking to somebody the other day, to a friend, and we were talking about how does this end up? You know, what happens? He said, well, I'm nervous about the election. In two weeks, you know, I was talking about the next few years. How do you how long do you think America can survive in its current situation? I asked him. And Sean said, well, I'm worried about two weeks. I figure I figure there's not going to be a clear winner of Congress and we're not going to be able to resolve it. And then what happens? I think they're going to call out the military, Sean said. 
You what? You think they're going to call out the military because the society will no longer be organized around the idea that we accept the winners of the election, however messy it is to get to that point. Sean said to me and my friend said to me, this is going to end up in with the military. And, and what happens after the military? We all know the military in our constitutional scheme, the military isn't allowed to be a domestic actor. It's only to send into combat against enemies. It's not supposed to be used to keep the peace. The military isn't supposed to be used to seat a Congress that is disputed. So how do we end up? How does this get resolved? Is this a thought you've had, please? Have you thought about how we survive the moment of impasse that we are at? In terms of just the, the, the contempt that the two sides have for each other and the high level of distrust. 860-522-9842. I think this is serious stuff. And I feel like this is where we are. How do we resolve it? The problem I have is that the, the public discussion, the media discussion, is about that the, um, this is all the fault of Republicans. And, of course, it's not. This is another thing that's lost in the wash of the one-sided media machinery that tries to brainwash us. Acting like not, the Democrats have never done anything to damage election integrity. I would say they are the big election integrity problem, the Democratic Party. And if you're a fancy Democrat who is, uh, you know, a highfalutin kind of person, college professor, highly paid professional, whatever, give money to uh, public television when they have their raffles or whatever they do. You know, if you're one of those people, you think that the Democratic Party is somehow pristine? How can you, how can you be so out of it? Everything the Democratic Party does now is blatantly transparent in being a vote-rigging scheme. That's what they do. And that's what we talk. Well, the money, the flow of money. Where does the money go? There's a story. Uh, where was it? CT Post. About the latest giving of money to poor people. I mean, it's relentless. All they do is give money to their voters. How does that work? How does democracy function? How does a representative government be representative if cash buys the votes. So this is something that has to be resolved. And and the, the root of all of this, I think, is that we don't have any news reporting. We have these biased, broke, leftist organizations that feed the propaganda of the dominant party. It's not all biased. It might not even be half biased. They are biased. 
But part of the bias is that you've had one party holding power for so long that the media thinks there is only one party. So they write what that party once said. This leads to greater divide. It's very grating. If you're, if you're on the left and you don't know what I'm talking about, you think the media is fine and they do a great job and you love reading your newspaper, you love watching your TV, so you, you are consuming biased news. It's so biased that you can't see it because you're living in an alternate universe. There is no attempt. Like this story about Kanye West. It's total garbage. And it's a national news story. Total garbage. And there's not one sign of a journalistic value in there. 860 Mark in Watertown. Hey, Mark. Hey, good afternoon. Um, I voted for President Trump. And I was a diehard President Trump supporter. But I believe President Trump would use the military to maintain power if he could. So... Uh, well, but what do you think the Democrats will do? They'll just uh, work within uh, the system and do it. Why do you think they're different? They're not. Well, you just said that Trump would use the military to hold power and Democrats would work within the system. I, I take that to mean something different than what you're saying about Trump. Uh, well, if they, if they wanted to, they would uh, do the same but do you understand that the democrats have already rigged the system that what republicans are doing in pushing back on election rules is trying to maintain equality in their ability to win elections that if if democrats didn't have the ability because of their union influence and the amount of money that of, of tax dollars that get funneled directly to their voters, that they wouldn't be able to win elections, that they're the original election riggers. <laughs> yes. Um, if, uh, if we don't win with a red wave this, this November, uh, then I don't know what's going to happen. So I hope the people are smart enough to vote Republican, Libertarian, or anything but Democrat. Well, that's the spirit, Mark. I hope they listen to you. Thank you so much for the call. That's what needs to happen. I don't know. I think this is the last shot for Connecticut. This is it. It has to happen now. Either it gets saved now or it's unsavable. It just will become, I think, New England. I was, I was pondering this as part of this conversation. Tell me what you think about this. I think New England will all become a ward of the federal government because it's all going to collapse financially. There's no way to, uh, you know, there's not no way to get enough revenue to satisfy uh, the the importation of population from other countries to live on the dole as a business model for states. And that's what they're they're trying to do is to just crush it financially so they can bring the feds in as partners, I think, and make it make themselves agents of the federal government. Eight six oh five two two nine eight four T Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest five G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours 
and great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did. I played you a little of this guy yesterday. David Azerod, I think his name is. He's a wonderful communicator. Uh, listen to what he says about the state of America today. I, I just think this is this guy is right on the money about the failure of conservative-minded people, liberty-minded people, to require of our society that, that it acknowledge and include our beliefs as part of the, the scheme of things. We are the fattest developed country in the world, and we are the largest consumers and producers of pornography in the world. In other words, we have completely lost control over the two strongest appetites, food and sex. What does it say about a country that is incapable of restraining and moderating the animal urges in man? Fourth, the next generation is awful. Now, I don't know if you've looked at the polling about Generation Z and the millennials, but they are astoundingly more woke than my generation, the Xers and the boomers. Among Gen Z, for example, a full two-thirds support shouting down speakers they disagree with, and a full quarter think that violence is legitimate to silence people you disagree with. Oh, how about that? I mean, the world, the, all this change is going on, and, and where have Republicans and conservatives and libertarians and everybody who believes in the American system of government, where have we been in pushing back against this migration from being a nation of integrity and values to being this blobbish, woke mess that we are today. A friend of mine just graduated from Georgetown Law School, and she likes to tell me, if you think it's bad now, wait until the fanatics I went to law school with are running the DOG. To which I would say, broadening her analysis, if you think it's bad now, with the boomers and the extras at the, hel at the helm, wait until the most coddled, mentally unstable, historically ignorant, lowest testosterone and woke generation in history is at the helm. And then lastly, let's be honest, we on the right are still largely, not exclusively, led by losers, cowards, and grifters. There are numerous exceptions, of course. Many are gathered here at NatCon, 
But on the whole, the fabled conservative movement is not an inspiring sight. So that's a picture painted by a guy who's observing. You notice he's got an accent, and he's, uh, he's got some perspective here, looking in from the outside and out from the inside. And it's pretty insightful stuff. 860-522-9842. And fun stuff to listen to. We'll, we'll play more of it today and as the days goes on, go on. Right now we're going to the BPS Lawyers Traffic Center, though, where Mark Christopher is offering an update on the commute. It's not much traffic today. Now back to the Todd Feinberg Show, live from the NJ Diet Studios on WTIC News Talk 1080. WTIC, good afternoon. Yeah, I love I love the way he speaks because he's hard-hitting, and he gets right to the point. Azerod, his name is David Azerod. AZ1Z. It's not just that they've been completely routed by the left, but they don't even realize it. They are still blathering about the wonders of markets and determined to prove that Democrats are the real racists, all the while taking in donations from patriotic Americans. In sum, things are bad. They're going to get worse. We're surrounded, the generals are compromised, and there is no cavalry that is coming to the rescue. Yeah, I don't know. I, the levity I don't like as much This is the serious stuff, but the uh, serious stuff is serious. Red Janky joins us now, v-red-line.com. Red, how you doing? What's going on? Hey, uh, Todd. What are you I thinking guess, about uh, these days? We haven't talked in a while, have we? Uh, well, we, we have. Um, nope, been a couple weeks, I week. think. Did we talk last oh, week? Oh, has it been? I thought you're you right. skipped last week for a dental emergency. Uh, you're right. I did. See, too um, much Novocaine. So what have you been thinking about for the last couple of weeks? Well, I've been uh, thinking about the way um, your your previous caller and you yourself were talking about how the, the, the deck is stacked. And... Um, you know, I come back to this theme all the time. Ned Lamont is on the uh, television um, incessantly claiming he turned a $4 billion deficit into a $4 billion surplus. He's the magic man. Yeah, and he, of course, overlooks two things. One, um, he had nothing to do with that. That was the torrent of federal COVID assistance money that came pouring into the state, plus a roaring bull market in the stock market, um, which uh, generated an enormous amount of individual income tax revenue from uh, the state's uh, large population of uh, market investors. Um, yeah, but and, isn't and that, that all driven by the federal largesse, the fact that they were – so the federal government's spending out this uh, – all these – trillions of dollars for these different buyout programs to buy our our complicity in in going along with shutdowns and all that and they're pumping uh all this uh, uh, i forget what we call that stuff qe2 is that what it's called you know they're pumping all this money into the economy and and causing the inflation that's crushing us now isn't that what caused connecticut to have its resurgence well, yes, it's a two-step. Number one, you're you're absolutely right. It's called QE, which is quantitative easing. Oh, the QE two is the boat. 
Yeah. Uh, no, this is a, this is also QE2. Oh, it is? Um, okay, good. Um, because it was done immediately after the financial crisis. So we can call that QE1. This was QE2. Okay. Um, but it's QE2, QE nevertheless, which is um, basically the federal government shuffled enormous amounts of uh, U.S. Treasury debt into the Federal Reserve Bank, uh, which then pumped it out into the economy. Um, and this is trillions of dollars. It, uh, our, our national debt increased uh, something like $7 trillion over the course of the tam- pandemic, from $17 trillion to $24 trillion. So, yes, Todd, you're dead right. Uh, and that fueled, uh, you know, th- there was something on Wall Street called the TINA trade. And the TINA trade stood for there is no alternative. And there was no alternative but to invest in the stock market because all of that money pumped out by the Federal Reserve dropped interest rates to virtually zero. So investors could not make any money buying debt, mm-hmm. bonds, that is. So they had to go into the stock market. Thus- yeah, but uh, I don't want to get too much into the technicality of it, rather right. the what the broad strokes mean for us, which is that you've got a clown show going on of people who have figured out how to break the norms and do abnormal things that cause them to benefit and gain power and cause good things to happen or the appearance of good things like Jolly Ned is doing. Ned is sitting there presiding over the disastrous destruction of the state of Connecticut and telling everybody how he saved it and what a wonderful job he's done and how he turned it around after all those dopes who were governor before him couldn't do it. And it's so disgusting and gross and, and false. Todd, to keep it on the highest and most straightforward level, um, he's claiming he turned uh, the state around four negative to four positive. Uh, I just told you the two reasons that occurred. And forget about whether he's responsible or not. Those two reasons are over. There's no more COVID assistance money coming into this state. Within months, it will all have been spent. Yes, but nobody's going to understand. But but the the reality is is that but people people operate the real time of the public is that everything's wonderful right now. And I don't know what way there is to get to make people see the obvious. Because you just say that the two things that propelled the state's temporary improvement are over. There's no more COVID. No, that, that won't work. They, that won't work. You can't penetrate people's consciousness with the obvious. They, they don't do it. They've been brainwashed over long periods of time. You know this, Red. That the more educated people are, the more sophisticated they are. Are they smarter about this stuff or dumber? Well, the, um, you, you become inured to it. You become... It becomes something you're so used to that you don't notice it. Anymore. That's what that's what happens to the average person who isn't particularly right. sophisticated. But for the the people who are college professors or college students or uh, people who don't accuse college professors of being intelligent. Well, they're, they're supposed to be. 
We've got to redefine the words if they aren't. And, and this is the issue, I think. There's a built-in stupidity with being sophisticated. And I don't know how to undo that, but that's what these folks, the Ned Lamonts of the world, have figured out as a way to hack everything that used to work and break it to their own benefit. Well, let's, let's go to another new topic on the horizon because we visited this stuff um, a lot over the last couple of months. Um, the, uh, the state student achieve the, the national student achievement yes. scores have just been announced. Mm-hmm. I don't know whether you've discussed those. Not much. But uh, Connecticut is in, in the bottom half of the country. Um, we, in terms of fourth grade reading, our fourth grade reading scores um, slipped more than 34 other states. We're 35th. We have, in turning it around, the 15th or 16th worst deterioration in reading scores at the fourth grade level. Mm-hmm. Do you think closing schools was a good idea? Well, uh, obviously not. I think everybody yeah. understands that now, but they don't yeah. understand why it happened necessarily. Because there was this, this, this foolish notion that um, we had to protect kids, and that's how it was sold. Well, kids, um, and it's a marvel of this virus, the, the COVID-19 virus, um, kids are not severely impacted well but we knew that during COVID, and we also knew during COVID that the reason they were shutting down schools was the leverage that the that the education unions unions had yeah so so the teacher unions made clear that they're in it for their own jobs and not for the kids because the kids were safe it's at no risk it's clear to you and me red it's not clear to the average uh, voter and taxpayer, I don't believe. Yeah. And, and if we can make know, these things clear to regular people, that's the big question. How do we make this stuff clear to average voters? How do they? How do we make them understand that Ned think, Lamont is a bad guy? I don't think that the average voter is that inaccessible to very basic logic. Because if kids are at no risk, okay, then you're down to what risk teachers are at and then when you look at teachers okay most teachers are under the age of 60 okay they're all unionized so they have union contracts where they can retire at 60 or so um and if they needed to protect themselves they could have retired on very nice pensions so most teachers apart from that issue are young themselves and between teenage and 65 years of age, the risk was negligible. It was completely absent for school-age kids. There was no risk from COVID. Okay? From school age up to retirement age, the risk was very low. And it was extraordinarily low if you take it from, say, 21 to 40. Yeah, but let me interrupt for a sec, Red. Doesn't it require for people to be suspicious, sufficiently suspicious of the power structure to understand exactly what goes on? They have to look at all the spending that went on 
and all of the shutdowns that went on as part of a plan for the government to gain more power, to, to be able to shut things down, to be able to spend money simply because they wanted to spend the money. And COVID represented an opportunity for, for them to steal trillions of dollars from the future and from taxpayers of the future in order to finance a wonderfully affluent kind of story like Ned Lamont is now telling. Ned Lamont's well, story, the I lie he is telling... What's I will make the distinction? a distinction. I think, I think that, um, remember, the original shutdown occurred under Donald Trump. I think yes, but Trump he did it because he, he was blown away by the vigor with which all of the people in that community of CDC and public health right. were... He was duped. Yeah. He was duped. Okay? So I'm talking about, let's go to the third step of the analysis is... Once you have vaccines that are as effective as as they are, and with due respect to the anti-vaxxers who might be listening, the vaccines have been effective, whether they wear off, whether they are vaccines that were uh, we used without long-term side effect studies or not, they've been safe enough. No one's, very few people have had um, negative uh, experiences with the vaccines. Yes, but that's not the test. So, but the teachers, once you had vaccines, the teachers should all have gone back to work. That was inexcusable. And that's the second year that was lost in schooling in this hyper shutdown state. All schools should have been mandated to open once the vaccines were out and available. Well, the trouble is all this stuff is centrally controlled. There shouldn't be centrally controlled school. Schools should be done on a local basis, and it should not be run by the government. Schools should be... Yeah, but then what you have is you have the travesty in New Haven. I haven't dipped into the uh, national um, uh, uh, school achievement uh, data that's just been released to look district by district, and that data is available i shudder to think how many years um have been lost in the new haven schools because they were shut down absolutely for one full year and then for most of the second year and but but this is of all the kids but, the but that's what i'm people, saying red this we've got a system that is built in such a way as to allow people in elected positions to do awful things that they shouldn't have the power to do. There shouldn't be a centrally controlled education system. Well, that was not a centrally controlled decision. There's one school system for the city of New Haven, is there not? Right, right. So that's centrally controlled. It should all be, if the the government money is going to pay for people to go to school, that should be to hand people a gift certificate and say, go spend it at a school. And those schools should well, be any schools, up to the parents. Yeah. And we Money have to files. dismantle yeah. and be mistrustful of this idea of having a system. You know, yeah. Yeah. the fact yeah. of the matter is that they, they were able to... Issue, which is, you know, teacher unions and the control of the schools, no alternative. Yes, we should have school choice. And, and, the, and there should be no... Opening and there should be no unions. To seen what would have happened in New Haven 
when a, the first school opened in a visionary way and said, there's no risk to the kids, and now teachers are vaccinated, so there's negligible risk if there was much at all in the first place for teachers, we're opening up. I would bet you're right, Todd. I think parents would have taken their kids to school. And after that first school opened, the pressure on the second, third, and fourth from the parents would have been very effective. They would have opened in short order. They would have. And uh, there's a lot of other stuff that could have happened, too, but we're out of time. Red Janky, the-red-line.com, the-red-line.com. Thanks so much, Red Janky. We're going to the BPS Lawyers Traffic Center. We're going to check in with Mark Christopher and find out if it is still an easy ride all over the place or if there's some tough spots. Mark. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? You spend over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.